to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Catholic grandparents play a vital role in passing on the faith. I mean, uh, I guess I can appreciate that now. Uh, now that I am a grandparent twice over, praise be to God. Uh, but uh, the, our guest today is somebody that I interviewed years ago and uh, Catherine Wiley from the Catholic Grandparents Association. And back then, I wasn't a grandparent. I didn't realize I was going to be a grandparent anytime soon. And and by the grace of God, here I am. So I'm very excited to welcome back uh, Catherine Wiley uh, from the Catholic Grandparents Association. There's a World Day for Catholic Grandparents and the elderly, I think, coming up. So we're going to have a conversation about the role of grandparents and passing on the faith. But before we even have that conversation, we're also going to talk with Kate Capato about the intersection of theology and art. Now, Kate is a very talented artist and photographer. Check out her work over at visualgrace.org. Um, very lifelike images that she can paint. It's very amazing, actually. Her skill is, is pretty amazing. But she was a missionary for many years, and we're going to talk to her about beauty and how, what it speaks to us about our relationship with the Almighty and uh, and how we can make sure that we have beauty around us everywhere. How about modern art versus beautiful art? That that might be a part of the conversation as well. So all of that coming up in this hour. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Are you feeling better? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the, the sickness that I'm suffering through uh, took it... Uh, decided to uh to punish me severely last night Aww. so um but god is so very good it yes. didn't i didn't get any sleep but so hopefully we'll we'll survive this th- today better than yesterday yesterday was like racked full of uh of technical problems and i think today we're going to have worked out most of those praise be to god I, in fact i'm pretty sure that we'll even have a normal fear and trembling game show coming up next hour so i kind of look forward to that but speaking of which uh david magianis is here filling in for adrian fonseca good morning to you david Good morning, Joe. Uh, you know, I hope you're feeling better by the end of the show. And uh, you Me know, too. And, uh, you know, it's just one of the things we just got to go through, right? And just get, we'll get through it, Joe. We'll get through yeah, it. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. We'll get there. We're all, we are going to have a great show today. We are excited about our two guests, Kate Capato and Catherine Wiley. And Marilyn, I think Henry is also going to be joining Catherine from the Catholic Grandparents Association. So if you know any grandparents out there, this might be the show to share with them. I didn't even know about the Catholic Grandparents Association until I met Catherine Wiley like I said a few years ago. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good conversation. So we're gonna have the the normal lineup this hour. We'll have uh, uh, breaking news and stories with Janelle. We'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, a reflection brought to you in part by verboom.com forward slash GRN uh, for generously. Thank you for generously underwriting our gospel reflection. And then of course we'll have a what's concerning us section talking about the intersection of of faith and beauty, the theology and art with Kate Capato. Uh, 
and then the Catholic Grandparents Association. In the next hour, if you're able to join us, we would love to have you. Of course, we're going to play our Fear and Trembling Game Show, and, and today we'll take a caller. Yesterday we didn't because of the technical problems, but today I think we got that hammered out. So that's the show. Uh, it's going to be fun, and hopefully, like I said, you can join us for all or part of it. Let's dive in by praying first for your intentions, dear listener, whatever is on your heart, whatever your needs are. We're going to ask our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray and intercede for you and for us. For Adrian's health and for my own healing would be fantastic. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lang. Looking at the headlines today, from Breitbart, Indian State presents China-style two-child policy bill. The government of northern India's Uttar Pradesh state unveiled draft legislation on Sunday proposing a two-child policy that would punish couples who choose to have more than two children. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath announced the state's new population control draft bill on July 11th, shortly after state officials uploaded a copy of the document to the Uttar Pradesh government website. The Uttar Pradesh government will give job promotions, salary increments, concessions in housing schemes, and other perks to state employees who adhere to population control norms and have two or less children. The draft legislation titled the Uttar Pradesh Population Control Stabilization and Welfare Bill 2021 states. Uttar Pradesh State Law Commission Chairman Justice A.N. Mittal told India Today TV on July 10th that the bill proposes to bar the violators of the two-child policy from contesting local body elections or applying for government jobs. Public servants who adopt the two-child norm will get two additional salary increments during his or her entire service to the state, maternity or, as the case may be, paternity leave of 12 months, with full salary and allowances and a 3% increase in the employer's contribution fund under the Indian National Pension Scheme, according to the draft bill. Uttar Pradesh residents who are not government employees and still contribute towards making the population in check will get benefits such as rebates and taxings on housing, water, home loans, etc. If the parent of a single child opts for a vasectomy, then the child will be entitled to free medical facilities until the age of 20. Such children are also proposed to get free education, insurance, and preference in government jobs. The Uttar Pradesh government announced on Sunday plans to create a state population fund to implement the measures prescribed in the draft bill should it become a law. The draft legislation asks the state government to introduce population control as a compulsory subject in all secondary schools across Uttar Pradesh. In addition, the proposed bill calls for increased access to contraceptives and greater facilitation of abortions at public health centers. Uttar Pradesh is home to roughly 200 million people and is India's most populous state. The nation of India boasts a population of nearly 1.4 billion. India's population is second only to China, which recently increased the number of children couples are allowed to have from two to three after experiencing a dramatic birth decline. 
Prior to the recent changes to its child limits, the Chinese Communist Party infamously banned families from having more than one child for over 30 years starting in 1980. Decades of strict population control measures across China have warped the country's demographics and resulted in a shrinking population. Chinese government statistics suggest that the policy of forced abortions and infanticide prevented 400 million births. Reported by Sky News, royal celebrities are awarded for using birth control. Population Matters charity give Harry and Meghan award for limiting family to two children. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex has been given a special award for deciding to limit their family to two children. Prince Harry told British Vogue in 2019 that he and Meghan were only planning two maximum to reduce their impact on the environment. The charity Population Matters said that they were giving the couple an award after making the enlightened decision to have a smaller family and acting as a role model for others. Having a smaller family reduces our impact on the earth and provides a better chance for all our children, their children, and future generations to flourish on a healthy planet, the charity said in a statement. We commend the Duke and Duchess for taking this enlightened decision and for affirming that a smaller family is also a happy family. The Sussex will receive £500 to donate to a charity of their choice, along with nine other recipients honored in the run-up to the UN's World Population Day on Sunday. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Tuesday, July 13th. God love you. And our saint of the day is St. Henry II. He was born May 6, 972 in Bavaria, Germany. He is the son of Gisela of Burgundy and Henry II, the quarrelsome Duke of Bavaria. Educated at the Cathedral School in Hildesheim by Bishop Wolfgang of Resenberg, he became Duke of Bavaria himself in the year of 995 upon his father's death, which ended Henry's thoughts of becoming a priest. He ascended to the throne of Germany in 1002. He was crowned King of Pavia, Italy on May 15, 1004, and he married St. Cunegunda, but was never a father. Some sources claim the two lived celibately, but there is no evidence either way. Henry's brother rebelled against his power, and Henry was forced to defeat him on the battlefield, but later forgave him, and the two reconciled. Henry was crowned Holy Roman Emperor in, in 1014 by Pope Benedict VIII. He was the last of the Saxon dynasty of emperors, and he founded schools, quelled rebellions, protected the frontiers, worked to establish a stable peace in Europe, and to reform the church while respecting its independence. Henry fostered missions and established Bamberg, Germany as a center for missions to Slavic countries, started the construction of the cathedral at Basel, Switzerland, and it took nearly 400 years to complete. Both Henry and St. Kun... Cunegunda were prayerful, prayerful people and generous to the poor. At one point, he was cured of an unnamed illness by the touch of St. Benedict of Nursia at Monte Cassino. He became somewhat lame in his later years, and following Cunegunda's death, he considered becoming a monk, monk but the abbot of St. Van at Verdun, France, refused his application and told him to keep his place in the world where he could do much good for people and the advancement of of God's kingdom. St. Henry II died July 13th, 1024 in Saxony, which is modern Germany of natural causes. He was canonized by Pope Blessed Eugene III in 1146. St. Henry II 
pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you go down to the netherworld? For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously underwriting a portion of our program today. Making it very easy for us to dive deep into, into the early church fathers, sacred scripture, the greatest commentaries on the gospel. And uh, looking at the Ignatian uh, Catholic Study Bible, it's Curtis Smith, Scott Hahn. You know, just to give you some geography, because I know not everybody is like big into geography. They, they can't wrap their mind around sort of where things are in space, right? So uh, the towns Jesus is rebuking, these are in the north. These are, on, these are cities right on the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum is his home base. And he is chastising these cities because they have received so many of the miracles that are discussed in the gospel passages. So raising people from the dead, curing lepers and multiplying loaves and visions. I mean, like casting out demons. He has just been working miracle after miracle after miracle, and they are not repenting. St. Jerome said, this is because Tyre and Sidon had trodden underfoot the law of nature um, but these towns, after they had transgressed the, na the natural and the written law, also made light of those wonders which had been wrought among them. So those miracles, uh, taking those for granted, not recognizing the visitation, not recognizing the gift that has occurred in your midst and then responding appropriately, that's a big problem here. Morally, the Ignatian Catholic Study Bible said, Capernaum signifies the soul that receives Christ but falls into mortal sin because Christ dwells there. Fallen away and prideful soul is subject to harsher judgment. That's uh, that's pretty hardcore right there. There's so much more I could say about this, but we're going to a break, which means we come back, we're going to speak with Kate Capato. Don't go anywhere. Theology and Arts next. believe the Bible is the only source for determining Christian truth, a doctrine called sola scriptura, which is Latin for scripture alone. Is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. It's self-refuting. Since knowledge of which books constitute scripture is a Christian truth, sola scriptura demands that the Bible tell us what scripture is. But guess what? It doesn't. The Bible never tells us which books God has inspired. So if Sola Scriptura were true, well then we'd have to deny our knowledge of what Scripture is. But that's self-refuting, my friends. 
The only way to have such knowledge is if Christ established an infallible church to tell us so. But Protestants reject this idea, leaving us with an infallible effect, knowledge of what Scripture is, produced by a fallible cause, the church, which is absurd. Sola Scriptura is definitely not a doctrine that's compatible with reason. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, this is Dave Palmer inviting you to join me and Cecil Anderson each Friday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 o'clock Eastern Time for a new program here on the Guadalupe Radio Network called Back to the Father, which is based on the teachings of the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologia. Each week we talk about how a life focused on our final end is a life that is more joyful and more hopeful as we journey back to the Father. Please join us this Friday at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to be speaking to the Catholic Grandparents Association, something I didn't even know existed a few years back. Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry are going to be on from the Catholic Grandparents Association to talk about the vital role grandparents play in passing on the faith to their grandkids. Now, some of us know that that can be a tricky piece of business, given life and circumstances and what what have you. So we're going to have a conversation around uh, what grandparents can do to help pass on the faith, to help foster the faith in their in the lives of their their kids and their grandkids. So that's coming up at thirty five past the hour. Joining us right now is uh, Kate Capato via Zoom chat to talk about the intersection of theology and our beauty in our lives. We're very grateful for her time. Good morning to you, Kate Capato. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. How are you? Great. Doing it counts. Well. It counts. Um, it's uh, it's nice to have you on. Now your your website actually is uh, is very nice too. It's uh, visualgrace.org, visualgrace.org. Uh, you, you're an incredibly talented artist, among other things, photography and dancer. But uh, your your artwork is uh, it's very captivating. There's a there's a certain lifelike. Um, like sort of essence to these images and the individuals that you're painting here. Tell us about your artwork. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, well, in essence, I create sacred works. Um, so Our Lady, St. Joseph, Christ, and all of it under the umbrella of our faith, expressing these uh, the truths of our faith through these um oil paintings and they're, they could be for churches. Sometimes people have them in their homes or different communities have gotten them before. So they're, they're different ways of expressing um, our faith, but enabling people to pray with them and use them as entering deeper into understanding who we are as Catholics and, um, and the beauty of what the Lord expresses to us, his love, his goodness and all of that. So, yeah. Um, where did you learn to paint at this level? I mean, this is like pretty advanced stuff. Um, I actually had an opportunity to study in Florence, Italy for two years. Um, oh, wow. I went to a school called the Sacred Art School. Uh, I thought I was going to go for like just a summer, and then the Lord graced me with being able to be there for two full years. And it really progressed what talent he did have he did give me you know investing in our talent is so important and he's enabled me to grow that and continue to use it 
Kay Capato is our guest. We're talking about uh, her work as an, uh, as an artist. And I want to ask you about what your opinions are of modern art versus uh, sort of sacred art and beautiful art. I think uh, be- I've always felt like beauty is one of those things that every human person, when they come across it, it speaks to the soul. It says something to them. Even if, they, they, if they're atheist, when they encounter true beauty, they stop, they pause, they take it in for a moment, whether that's visual. I mean, when we hear a piece of beautiful music, no matter what type of music we like to listen to, we still stop. We still have a listen. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. I think um, our, in terms of that versus our modern culture, a lot of our modern culture in the art realm pushes to just be different, uh, to have that shock value, if you will have the next craziest thing. That's why you've seen in the past people just simply signing urinals, or I don't know if you've noticed or heard about the one where they literally duct tape a banana to a a blind canvas and sold that for like millions of dollars. (laughs) Um, It's, it's really just shock value. How can I be different? How can I be someone that uh, is noticed? So they, they've forgotten about the call to create beauty. And now not everyone is under the umbrella of the Christian or Catholic faith and don't necessarily see that as a reason to create. Um, but especially as people of faith, any artists were called to have a sense of wonder and awe, but order as well, which is um, combining the truths of our faith, knowing how to create in, in order, but, um, and also in, it's like I said, a sense of wonder. So there could be surprise to it, and that's a good thing. It's okay to have differences and uniqueness, but if you lose that whole sense of order and the understanding of how um, goodness and, and beauty is to be portrayed, um, you've lost and you lose the essence of beauty. So, yeah, so, and because beauty, if we understand what beauty is, it's, we're not just talking about, um, you know, female things or, or makeup or anything silly like that. Because sometimes people get, <laughs> what do you mean when you talk about beauty? Well, the Lord is beauty. The Lord is beauty. So when we encounter authentic beauty, we are, in fact, encountering the Lord. And it could be just um, windows into who he fully is. Uh, but when it's fully authentic, we're, we're learning more about who God is. So... Um, to encounter artwork that is seeking to express the fullness of beauty, you are in fact encountering some aspect of the Lord in that. So it truly is a moment of being in the presence of the Lord, of of course, not face to face, but it's a little bit of an encounter with him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kate Capato is our guest. Visualgrace.org is her website, visualgrace.org. I just feel like there's so much lack of beauty in our culture today. Um, You know, yesterday we were talking about entertainment, and I went and I looked up uh, the Google Play Store and the latest movies, and everything is so dark and dreary and horror films and exorcism films and diabolic and demonic, and we just, everything feels brooding these days, and there seems to be a real lack of general beauty in our culture today. So um, shining this light, I think, is super important. Now, you are somebody who obviously does a lot of traveling and and you do, like I said, some beautiful art. Um, 
Tell me about the commission process. How, how do people commission artists like yourself? How does that even work? Yeah, so someone could contact me, um, usually through my website, and they say, hey, this image has been on my heart, or I would really love to have something that's dedicated to this particular scene or this title of Our Lady. Maybe just something that they themselves have been um, you know, has been, have been praying about maybe for their family, for their church community. They connect with me and they share that, um, that vision, if you will, that they might have on their heart. And from there, we pray with it. It's a very prayerful process in the sense of I, I really strive to let the Holy Spirit be the leader. So it is, in fact, a, a prayer in letting him create so whatever we initiate, I bring that to prayer. I let the Lord lead. I create some sketches with it um, until we finalize what composition works best, resonates best with what theme is chosen. And then from there, I, uh, I get real models. I set them all up for the exact composition. We have the right attire and everything. Um, Sometimes I have to build certain sets. Like one time I created a St. Joseph painting and I had to uh, build a whole wall out of clay. <laughs> All these things to help visualize, to really see the right shadows and shapes and all of this correctly. Um, I'll do some sketches with the real models and then I, I do take some photos to reference that as well. Um, and then I begin the actual painting for whatever size is chosen, whether that's a 16 by 20 or a very large mural type size. Um, I'm then able to take that and make that the actual size. And um, depending on the size, it could take two to three months or five to six months. You know, it, it's a, it, a fairly longer process that it's funny because a lot of our culture, we're not used to things taking that long. Uh, being that I use oil paints and I go from layer to layer to create these things. It, it is a time Pro, like it's time consuming thing, but there's a beauty to that because there's prayer and contemplating what the Lord wills through each step. Kay Capato is our guest. We have about five more minutes with her. Now I want to talk about, uh, now I've had this conversation on my show before and art is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, right? Um, when it comes to images of the Holy family or sacred art, like I, my personal preference is not, contemporary contemporized versions like all of the renaissance art that's contemporary art you know you see like uh pe people in like armor you know from the, from the medieval times versus uh surrounding jesus and all the passion images it's just hilarious to me how contemporary that art really is but uh i prefer it, the uh, the images of our Lord, our Lady, St. Joseph, to look more like they're from Palestine. Just my personal preference, but I've always sure. appreciated those more. Um, when you're when you're in the in the mode here to create beautiful art, what is your process? How do you decide the features and and uh, and the details? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I use real models. So sometimes I'm just. It depends on who the Lord brings in terms of models. I, I search high and low to find somebody that works for a particular role. Um, so that is number one. So if I can't find, you know, exactly someone from Palestine, that's not, I can't, I don't create just from the memory or, and I won't just reference a, a random photo online because it's the way, the process I work, I need to see the right light and shadow and form. I need to have that person in front of me. 
So, you know, that does bring a little bit of a challenge today, right? So, especially because I'm living in the Philly area and um, certain aspects of who you can find, you're just kind of, that's how, who you have to work with. Well, when I lived in Italy, a lot of my models were the Italian models. And um, the thing is, there's a little bit of altering that I'll do at times, um, particularly with Christ's face, of course, and try, I don't want someone to look at the model and see that person, especially if they're from the area and they know that person, I want them to see the saint or see Christ or Our Lady. So I do alter it to a degree. Um, but, you know, it, it is really a reference of the model before me. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to pray really hard to make sure the Lord finds the right person. And he does. He brings people in front of me and enables that. And um, even clothing helps with that or scenery in the background can help with trying to put people in the, in the scene that it's portraying. Um, but I will say, I, I think, as you mentioned, there's, that's a beautiful preference. And, and, you know, when I have all the things I need, the tools to make that happen, I, too, would prefer that. But the essence of a, of a sacred work is, is beyond that. Um, it's not a historical depiction. It's not that we, we want to, you know, it's good to be as accurate as possible, but the goal is the spiritual realm of, of what is being portrayed. So All the right. spiritual message is the key. Um, so really being able to understand, like, the essence of grace is being portrayed, of mercy, these different topics, that's the main message to, to receive, if you will, mm. um, something beyond just a historical depiction of what, what took place, if that makes sense. It does. But we are just about out of time. Kate Capato has been our guest. Visualgrace.org is the website. I highly encourage you to check out her artwork there, visualgrace.org. Kate, thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Praise be to God. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. And we're going to do breaking news and stories with Janelle. And then we'll talk to Catholic grandparents, the vital role of grandparents to pass on the faith to their grandkids and beyond. Praise be to God. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, another birthday. They actually object to celebrating their birthday. G.K. Chesterton says, A man's birthday reminds him that he is alive, when his immediate affairs would only remind him that he is at work or at play or in business or in debt. Your birthday is a chance to celebrate being born. And being born is a reason to rejoice. The best birthday gift any of us has ever received was the first one, the gift of life itself. Chesterton says, Every time a baby is born, it is as if God has created a new sun and a new moon because there's a new soul gazing out at creation. So, happy birthday. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. 
Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Floods in southwest China displace 110,000 people. A pro-abortion film and a French film festival features an anti-life movie. 57 missing or imprisoned in Cuba protests include artists, peace activists, and priests. From Breitbart, Biden administration claims Cuban anti-communist protests are about rising COVID cases and deaths. President Joe Biden's administration responded to protests in Cuba against the communist regime on Sunday by issuing a statement through a minor official commending protests about rising COVID cases and deaths and medicine shortages. On Sunday, protests broke out in Havana and several other Cuban cities, during which people chanted freedom and down with the dictatorship while marching against communist party institutions. The New York Times noted that while the demonstrations were triggered by food and medicine shortages, they also openly protested against the communist government for the first time in nearly 30 years. Some activists called it the largest spontaneous popular protest since Fidel Castro took power in 1959, with protesters openly denouncing the regime of Miguel Diaz-Canal. Julie Chung, acting assistant secretary for the U.S. Department of the State's Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs, said via Twitter that Cubans were exercising their right to peaceful assembly to protest COVID and medicine shortages. The administration's statement ignored democracy and freedom altogether. Cubans do not have the right to peaceful assembly. Like many rights in the Cuban constitution, it only exists in theory. Also from Breitbart, FBI tells Americans to report family members and peers for suspicious behaviors. The Federal Bureau of Investigation published a tweet on Sunday telling Americans to report their own family members and peers for suspicious behaviors. The FBI's tweet read, Family members and peers are often best positioned to witness signs of mobilization to violence. Help prevent homegrown violent extremism. Visit this website to learn how to spot suspicious behaviors and report them to the FBI. The tweet included a link to a government booklet that was the first written in 2015 on indicators that someone may be contemplating violent action. The booklet states on page 22 that it is focused on individuals or groups inspired by Islamist terrorist organizations. The booklet also states several times that the indicators may be constitutionally protected activities, but if they are observed in combination with other suspicious behaviors, those indicators may raise suspicions and constitute a basis for reporting. Conservatives slammed the FBI for encouraging Americans to report their family members. Senator Ted Cruz tweeted, In both Cuba and China, they also ask children to spy on their parents. Former acting director of National Intelligence Richard Grinnell tweeted, This is outrageous. The FBI has a growing credibility problem, and this type of sinister snitching is clearly unhelpful. Why hasn't the FBI made more progress finding the BLM rioters from last summer? Why hasn't the FBI leadership apologized for the Russian hoax they pushed? And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Tuesday. Uh, we're very grateful to you. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry. They are from the Catholic Grandparents Association. Uh, praise be to God. Good morning to you, Catherine and, and Marilyn. 
Good morning. I think Catherine's trying to unmute herself right now. Yeah. She is, you know, um, she, she's calling in from Croatia. <laughs> Croatia. Wow. Praise be to God. I hope the weather's nicer in Croatia than it is here. Uh, but well, Marilyn, we will start with you then. Uh, uh, David, we'll get you to unmute Catherine for us. That'd be great. Um, Marilyn, let's start with you. Tell us about the Catholic Grandparents Association. Oh, wow. Well, the lady that you see in front of you, who is, who, there she is. Began the organization. Yep, we can hear you. Good we morning can't to see you, Catherine. Oh, perfect. Thank God. There okay, she good. goes. So it's better good. to hear from Catherine, actually, Joe, than, than from me. All right, She's very good. Me. Catherine, good morning to you. Thanks for being on with us. Maybe you can tell us uh, about the history of the Catholic Grandparents Association. Yes, sure. I'll be delighted to. Marilyn, you would have done a great job. Um, <laughs> it started nearly 20 years ago um, in a small village in England called Walsingham, which is a national shrine of Our Lady. And um, on that day, on, on, on the 8th of September, her birthday, basically I was at Mass and I was wondering what I could give Our Lady for a birthday present. And the thought occurred to me that a, a pilgrimage to honour her mother and father, St. Joachim and St. Anne, would delight her. So without further ado, and we went ahead and organised the very first grandparents' pilgrimage for grandparents anywhere in the world which was quite extraordinary because there are pilgrimages for everything, but there was no grandparents' pilgrimage. So we started the first one, and it sort of hit a chord with everywhere one because very soon that pilgrimage then moved to the Shrine of Our Lady of Knock. Then the first port of call in America was in Miami with, um, or in Palm Beach with Bishop Barbarito. And now it's in over 63 different countries, in fact, more than 63 now, and it went from being a grandparents' pilgrimage to a Catholic Grandparents' Association and now to a ministry for grandparents. So we're a ministry for, we're a ministry, private ministry of the faithful. And the reason that this changed, Joe, is because when we realized that grandparents like us were feeling that they'd failed in passing on the faith, despite our greatest attempts to bring our children up and do the best we could, um, we wrote to Pope Benedict and asked him to write a prayer for grandparents, which nobody ever believed he would, but he did. And with that prayer, which is the most wonderful prayer, we act, that actually, that was a tremendous instrument for evangelization. And that, in fact, started the grandparents, Catholic Grandparents Association as we know it today. And then as the years progressed, we... We, we open ministries in different countries. I believe we're now, um, Marilyn will tell you more about this, over 50 states, over half the states in America. Oh, wow. And uh, I think in, we asked way back at the uh, Eucharistic Congress in Ireland for a world day of prayer for grandparents and the elderly. And for a long time, we were, we were asking, we were, we, were, we were making the wrong ask because we were asking for the, for the Memorial Day to be elevated to a feast day. And apparently, canonically, for some reason, that wasn't to be. So when we discovered that the correct ask was to ask for a World Day, then we, without further ado, set about that. And five years later, the very fabulous, incredible result for all of us is we have a World Day of Grandparents. 
Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Uh, we're talking with uh, the, the Catholic Association, the Catholic Grandparents Association, Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry. Um, so the website, by the way, is catholicgrandparentsassociation.org. So we have a World Day for Grandparents. When is this going to be? It, the World Day will be celebrated on the, the 25th of July. Um, it'll be celebrated by our Holy Father, in Rome. The first big celebration will be at the 10 o'clock mass that morning in Rome. Please God by himself, if he's all right, and we're all praying that he will be. Um, And he's asked all parishes and all dioceses and archdioceses everywhere throughout the world to celebrate those, that, that, that great uh, occasion independently. And we've produced many resources, which we've been sending out to parishes and dioceses all over the world to help them with that. But basically, 26th of July is feast day of St. Joachim and St. Anne. And this year, because Sunday is the 25th, it will be celebrated mostly on the Sunday. We're gonna we're up against a break here in just a few moments, but uh, I want to talk uh, more about, especially on the other side of the break, if possible, about the uh, the role of grandparents in the lives of their grandkids, passing <laughs> on the faith. You know, the last time I spoke with you, Catherine, it was I don't know if years ago now uh, i wasn't a grandparent at the time <laughs> and honestly i didn't know that i was going to be a grandparent that soon uh but now i'm i'm a grandparent of two grandkids praise be to god um and uh and so i actually this is a day that my wife and i qualify for so it feels kind of a surreal in some ways uh to be a part of the catholic grandparents association now uh, w- tell me about that aspect before we go to our break. Two minutes before break, uh, people, w- how do people join the the Catholic Grandparents Association? W- are there dues? I mean, w- what what does it mean to be a part of the association? Joe, I'm delighted to tell you that any grandparent, any grandparent is eligible, and we welcome them, and we'd love to have them. And there is no there is no real criteria because. It's not grandparents who are doing well or grandparents who are doing badly. It's all grandparents who simply love their grandchildren and want the best for them and want to be with other grandparents who they can share their worries and their fears with. Because no matter what you say, our kids are coming up in a hostile world, hostile to our faith, hostile media, um, very, very difficult and, you know, it's only a matter of time, perhaps, before Catholic religion comes out of schools. So the Catholic Grandparents Association brings and unites grandparents together, all singing from the same hymn sheet, all trying to help each other, all showing the way to passing on the faith, just the love of God through the way we are. Joe, has it changed you as a person? That's the question I want to ask. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, uh, it's it's a phase in life that uh, that's both beautiful and strange at the same time. You're not you're not quite ready. You're not quite uh, sure how what how roles change and how things work. And uh, it's been a it's been a beautiful process for my wife and I for sure for our son and his wife and their two kids and um, we love seeing them especially when they're they're hanging out with us here at the house. But that music means we're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to continue our conversation with the Catholic Grandparents Association. Their website is CatholicGrandparentsAssociation.org. On the other side of the break, I want to talk more specifically about how grandparents can help. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Through our Lenten fasting and prayer, we learn how to control ourselves and thus give ourselves more freely to others. 
And since we have all been called to the married vocation, the first people we need to give ourselves to is our family. Instead of giving your family what you owe them, lavish them with love above and beyond what they deserve, as our Father does with us. The first person to love lavishly is our spouse. Take time to ask them how you can show mercy to them this Lent. Learn how to love them even more. Maybe rid yourself of a habit that they find annoying. These habits may not be wrong, but it shows that you are ready to give above and beyond what is required. You can also create healthier habits regarding things that are not desirable for your family. Maybe it's refraining from negative humor and sarcasm. Maybe it's not raising your voice. Making a resolution to change how we relate to our family is an effective use of time this Lent. Maybe even more than giving up chocolate. For more inspiration and encouragement, visit MessyFamilyMinute.org. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, majiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's M-A-G-I-S-Center.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. And we're having a conversation uh, with the Catholic Grand Association with Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry. And uh, I want to talk more specifically about the role of grandparents in the lives of uh, their grandkids, especially when it comes to the faith. Marilyn, we've not heard much from you. Uh, let's go to you. Uh, tell me about uh, um, your role with the Catholic Grandparents Association, but uh, maybe what, what could grandparents do to help pass on the faith? Hi, Joe. Thank you. My role with Catholic Grandparents Association, I guess my official title is International Ministry Coordinator. I've been working with Catherine for seven years now. We first met in person at the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia. But the way that I got involved is, you know, I'm from Texas, we belong to Prince of Peace, and my husband, um, who's a deacon, and I took our first trip to England many years ago, and I was on our only trip so far, <laughs> but I was walking around the cathedral in London and picked up a brochure that said, did you know Jesus had grandparents? And I'm thinking, okay, I knew that St. Anne was Mary's mother, but I never thought of her as Jesus's grandmother, and I have 11 wonderful, amazing grandchildren. And I always prayed with them and, and hoped and prayed, of course, that they would carry on um, the beautiful gift of faith that would to me. But I, I knew that um, I, I needed something more. I, I needed to, after I found that brochure and found out about the Catholic Grandparents Association, I knew that I needed to be more intentional in, mm. in my vocation, in my, my final vocation, <laughs> I think. So I picked up the brochure and brought it back to Prince of Peace and began a ministry for grandparents at Prince of Peace. And then from there, I met Catherine at the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia because, well, I had I had a little bit of um, an intention there too. I had grandchildren who lived in New Jersey, so I could stay with them and take them um, to the to some of the meetings with me at the World Meeting. So that's how she and I got together. We've kind of been partners in crime in this ever since, but um, <laughs> evangelizing and spreading the word and spreading the vocation of grandparents. And again, as Catherine said, um, sharing the struggles and encouraging because this, the stories are very heartwarming but very heartbreaking at the same time because we all, as one of our, our one ministry leaders says, 
please don't let it end with me. We know that this, this faith is a gift, a treasured gift passed on to us. And we know that it's the only lasting legacy that we can leave our grandchildren. You know, it's one of the, uh, the foremost prayer requests we receive in our radio apostolate um, when we hear from our listeners is to pray that uh, their children and their grandkids will come back to the faith. I mean, it is the, probably the number one prayer request we get at our radio apostolate. So it's definitely something that uh, grandparents are experiencing uh, all too often is their kids aren't uh, aren't going to church anymore. Their kids aren't passing on the faith anymore. What do what is the role of grandparents in this regard? How do grandparents help to pass on the faith, Catherine or, or Marilyn? Well, I think I think uh, Joe, the only way to pass on anything is to be authentically you, to be the real McCoy, to show them really what love is, what forgiveness is, what. Mm-hmm. To live your life by 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 the gospel, without without rubbing it in people's noses, um, I, I my personal belief is that you always meet your children where they're at. Um, you you don't condemn, you don't judge, you make sure that the door is always open for them. I think the wonderful um, theme that our Holy Father chose: "I will be with you always." The mission statement of the Catholic Grandparents Association is to pass on the faith and to help people, you know, uh, keep her at the heart of the family. But to be with you always is a huge statement. I think when you get married, you sort of promise your wife, your husband, that that's what it's going to be like. When you have grandchildren, you look at them with so much love and tenderness and you and your children and you say, I will be with you always. And to be with somebody always, in every circumstance, um, as Jesus was, is, is sometimes not easy. And I, I believe that grandparents are the heart and soul of the family. And that's why I think they care so much when the values and the traditions are not being passed on. But I think what grandparents need to realize and are finally realizing is that they are the carriers of the faith. They are the transmitters. They have lit the flame. It is being passed on. And again, I think this World Day for grandparents is a hugely significant step in passing on the faith to the next generation because the grandparents movement is absolutely here to stay. And that made it sustainable so that every year, come hell or high water, north, east, south, and west, grandparents, grandchildren will come together to honor and give thanks to their grandparents. And, you know, when you become a grandparent, Joe, as you said yourself, it's wonderful to see your children, your own children become parents. But it's a tricky job sometimes, (laughs) the art of what I would call to know when to be there and when not to be there. Yes, Marilyn has 11 grandchildren. And, you know, you know all about that, Marilyn, coming in and out, problems in the family. I mean, you know, we um, wish family life was clean, right? We wish it was uh, very orderly, but generally it it's very messy. sticky and messy. Yeah. But you know, Joe, the Pope said Jesus never dropped into a perfect family. 
<laughs> well, never, I don't know. I think Jesus did have the perfect family. It's the rest of us that are messed up. But uh, Marilyn, maybe you can give us some uh, sage advice from uh, 11 grandkids. Praise be to God. Uh, what, what, have, what has been some of your uh, you know, best tips and tricks on uh, maintaining good relationship with your kids, obviously, but passing on the faith to your grandkids? Well, my kids are, are my children, and of course, my grandchildren are scattered. I have three that live nearby, but the rest of them, some live in in uh, Maryland, some live in Florida, some live in Tennessee. So it's just basically keeping the lines of communication open with them always, and always um, having, op- what I say, open ears, open arms, and open heart. As Catherine was saying, we our relationship is a, a bit different, um, not just a bit different, it is different with our grandchildren. We we um, approach things in a much more gentle way than mm. we did with our children, um, but we have to be firm also because I know Joe, like you said, they're coming after our children. Um, they're coming after our grandchildren, especially yeah. now. So so we need to um, sometimes be be subtle, but be um, subtle directly subtle <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, I know that when my grandchildren are with me that, that visiting or anything, they know that we're going to church. Definitely our house looks like a domestic church. There are Amen. signs and symbols all over the house that um, we, we know that embarrass them or not, we're going to say grace before we <laughs> eat. We're at a restaurant. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yeah. Yes. And I think that if they, if my grandchildren remember nothing about me, they will remember, they'll say, Gee loved Jesus. <laughs> Gee loved God. And, and, and that's enough. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, isn't it? Can you be convicted of loving Jesus? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be an undercover Jesus lover. That's what you don't want. (laughs) It wants to be pretty obvious. One of the things that I've always said is, you know, because we, we have my family, I'm the only Catholic in my side of the family and, and um, I'm not going to stop being Catholic because they're in the room. Uh, You know, so even with my, with my, my kids or my grandkids, you know, uh, if God forbid they should leave the faith, uh, I'm not going to stop being a faithful Catholic simply because they're in the room. Uh, that would not be, an, as you said, Catherine, that would not be authentic to who I am. And that would be a, an injustice in some ways. Uh, and I think there's a tendency for some grandparents to feel intimidated by that, don't you think? Very, very much so. I love that phrase, and I'm going to be using it from here on after, <laughs> Joe. You know, I'm not going to stop being a Catholic depending on who's in the room, because you can so easily turn into an apologetic or just be quiet or just not say anything for the sake of keeping the peace. You know, at what price do you keep the peace? Because when the opportunity presents itself, you should use it, but subtly and sensitively and, you know, and grandparents are wise enough to know that. They have the wisdom and the sensitivity to know. Also, people have great respect for grandparents, the children, the parents. Pope said that they're little treasures. And if, they're, if you want to learn about the future, speak to your grandparents. If you want to know about the past, speak to your grandparents. So the answer is speak to your grandparents. Uh, we're just about down to two minutes left in our conversation with Catherine and Marilyn from the Catholic Grandparents Association. Now, I know pilgrimages were a big part, as you mentioned at the beginning of our interview. They were the foundation for this uh, this apostolate. Uh, are you able to bring the pilgrimages back? Uh, we are. Thank God. Thank God virtually. And more and more grandparents, again, 
you know, the, the, the necessity is the mother of invention. Grandparents have been incredibly innovative and they have learned how to master Zoom. So this year there'll be masses, virtual masses, virtual celebrations all over everywhere with grandparents participating. In churches, small numbers still only allowed in, um, which makes me really angry. I saw 3,000, 15,000 people in Wembley the other night for the world final, and you're only allowed 50 right. people in church. It makes yeah. me really mad. But we'll be there in our thousands virtually with Jesus, with everybody, with each other. I will be with you always mm. is the theme, and we will be with each other always is what we intend to be. So what's the best way for people, if they're grandparents uh, or they know uh, some grandparents that might be interested, what's the best way for them to get involved or to take, uh, to, to participate? Uh, contact www. Catholic Grandparents Association, www.org.com. And Marilyn is normally the first, our first responder. <laughs> Marilyn, you should be called the first responder to the Lord's call. Um, you'll always get a call back from us immediately. No matter what the query, we're always there. If you want prayers, if you want resources, if you want reassurance, if you just want to talk to another grandparent. Also, Joe, we have a faith cafe, which is incredible on the second Tuesday of every month. And that's a wonderful thing for all grandparents to come to because they're they're all grandparents from all over the world gather together to talk, to share, to love, and to sing the praises of God and their grandchildren. We are out of time. Catherine Wiley and Marilyn, thank you very much for being on with us today. Catholic grandparents, or rather Catholic grandparentsassociation.org is the website, catholicgrandparentsassociation.org. Check it out. Uh, Catherine and Marilyn, great uh, great to have you on. God bless you both. Have a great day. God love you. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless everybody. God bless your new grandchildren. Thank you. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us for hour number two, you can hang out right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. 
Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5 verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe, and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called Internet. <laughs> Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. We are... Uh, we're surviving it so far. <laughs> Today is definitely better than yesterday uh, with the technical issues that are present to trying to pull this off with Adrian Fonseca being out sick. I'm sick here at the house, but uh, David Magianis has been getting up early and pitching in to help us make this a reality. And of course, Janelle Lay is there in the studio as well. And uh, good morning to both of you. Praise be to God. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, uh, good morning to everybody, and, uh, you know, Joe, it's a better show today, and, uh, you Amen. know, uh, I'm not sure if you were digging at me or not, I, I couldn't tell, so, uh, anyway. <laughs> no, not at all, the car <laughs> raffle ticket commercials are great, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was that funny. was funny, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Good morning, um, good morning. You know, uh, the good conversation with the last hour, you know, upbeat, fun conversation with Kay Capata was very nice. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. You know, her artwork is pretty amazing. And it's then, of course, nice. the Catholic Grandparents Association. Oh, yeah. Uh, no bias on my part, you know, but uh, <laughs> no I guess it's all. good to be a grandparent. Praise be to Jesus. I love and, grandparents. I love grandparents. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen yes. to that. We uh, we have a vital role, as I say, in passing on the faith. But uh, boy, it it's a struggle for me right now because I I didn't sleep at all last night. You know the the sickness that I'm dealing with really tortured me all night long. So uh, I am running on fumes, and uh, I'm just impressed because in the middle of the conversation last hour, my my equipment decided to go fritzing on me. So <laughs> thinking and moving and and talking, carrying a conversation all at the same time. These are not my 
my strengths. Okay. <laughs> These are not my strong suits, but somehow by the grace of God, we, we, we keep moving and we, uh, we had a great conversation. Yes. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Catholic grandparents association coming up in this hour today. Unlike yesterday, today, we're actually going to have a caller today. If you would like to play the game and, and win a prize, praise be to God. We are giving out prizes this week. And Janelle, um, we have a rosary, a couple of rosaries to give away this yes, week, we right? we have two rosaries from Humble Heart Rosaries. They're sponsoring a Hosanna rosary made with genuine olive wood beads imported from Israel and green strawberry quartz beads reminiscent of the palm leaves used to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, an antique bronze of Malka Heart of Mary centerpiece and a papal crucifix. Um, and then the second one is a string of St. Therese sacrifice, sacrifice beads made with... Is it agate beads? Agate beads? Um, St. Therese silhouette medal and a St. Therese roses crucifix. They're really right. nice. Uh, thank you so much, Humble Heart Rosaries, for sponsoring these prizes. Yeah. Praise be to God. So somebody's going to win that. And you could be a caller today, get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and possibly win those rosaries. All you'd need to do is be our first caller when the time comes. Uh, if you'd like to get the phone number and make that call early, you're certainly welcome to do so. You can do it right on our website. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And you can scroll down and you can see the phone number, the rules of the game, and all of that are listed there. The good news is, although it is a Catholic trivia game show, you don't need to know the answers to win the game. You can win without knowing a single one. Praise be to God. So that's coming up at 15 past the hour. We're going to do breaking news and stories, all good news this hour. And then, of course, uh, we will also do a, uh, a saint of the day and a gospel and prayerfully a little bit of reflection, too. So all of that coming up in the first half of this hour. In the second half of the hour, we're going to hang out just on social media on our live video feed with you the audience and you get to direct the conversation although by then if i'm still awake hopefully it'll be a good one <laughs> but uh the after show is in the second half of this hour so we have a lot to jump into let's go ahead and start by praying for your intentions dear listener whatever's on your heart if you're hanging out on a live video feed and you want to comment with your uh, prayer request please do otherwise just send your guardian angel with it uh your guardian angel knows what you need let's ask our lady to pray for all of us and the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And now the good news with Janelle Lay. All right, it's just in funding for fourth season of the Chosen series expected to begin soon. Reported by Crooks, ICE announces reversal of policy of, of detaining pregnant nursing migrants. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the agency involved in deportations and other immigration-related detention proceedings, announced July 9th that it would not detain, arrest, or take into custody pregnant or nursing migrants for violating immigration laws except in exceptional circumstances. This includes women who have given birth within a year, the agency said, adding that it was doing so in recognition of the time needed for infant development and parental bonding. 
ICE is committed to safeguarding the integrity of our immigration system and preserving the health and safety of pregnant, postpartum and nursing individuals, said Tadee Johnson, acting ICE director. This reflects our commitment to treat all individuals with respect and dignity while still enforcing our nation's laws. But when detention is necessary, the agent said in a statement, it will provide general health and well-being care, including regular custody and medical re-evaluation, ensuring appropriate pre- and or postnatal and other medical and mental health care. Reported from LifeSite News, Louisiana will recognize St. Joseph the Worker Day statewide annually. Louisiana has passed state legislation that ensures St. Joseph will be recognized annually on May 1st on St. Joseph the Worker Day. Pope Francis declared 2021 as the year of St. Joseph in Patris Cordi, which the state Senate has also recognized. Senate Resolution 116, introduced and signed this spring, declared that the Senate of the Legislature of Louisiana does hereby recognize May 1st of each calendar year as a day to be observed to honor the working men and women in Louisiana who get up every day and work hard to provide for and lift up their families, their communities, the state of Louisiana, and the United States of America. The legislation urges and requests the executive branch of the state of Louisiana to the extent practical to cause an appropriate celebration on May 1st of each calendar year to bring recognition and appreciation to the dignity of all working men and women in Louisiana. The effort to honor the foster father of Jesus came from the effort of local Catholics and won the praise of Father Donald Calloway. I didn't even know it would be a possibility, St. Father Calloway told the National Catholic Register. He thanked Jennifer Angel, a local Catholic, for getting the resolution written and passed. Total consecration to St. Joseph means you make a formal act of filial entrustment to your spiritual father so that he can take care of your spiritual well-being and lead you to God. Father Calloway explains on his website. And lastly, from Crooks, Virginia man rose to raise awareness and funds for Alzheimer's caregivers. John Musser, a member of St. Joan of Arc Parish in Yorktown, Virginia, rose June 21, 2021 at the start of his parish's service week. Musser rode for 24 hours to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association and to raise awareness for Alzheimer's caregivers. He ended up raising $57,500 for the Alzheimer's Association. Mooser achieved these feats as part of the Alzheimer's Association's The Longest Day fundraising campaign in which people from across the world do fundraisers on or near June 20th, the summer solstice. His June 21st fundraiser placed in the top five for the participant division at the national level. Mooser's father, mother-in-law, and three grandparents suffered from dementia, and he is now the caregiver for his wife, who is onset, young onset Alzheimer's. Through this difficult chapter in his life, he said his faith has grown. As much as I thought I had this powerful, mature faith, here's a place where it needed some serious growth, he said, adding that he realized that part of the faith is allowing others the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ by assisting him. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Tuesday. Our saint of the day is St. Henry II. He was born May 6, 972 in Bavaria, Germany. He is the son of Gisela of, Bur of Burgundy and Henry II, the quarrelsome Duke of Bavaria. Educated at the Cathedral School in Hildesheim by Bishop Wolfgang of Regensburg, he became Duke of Bavaria himself in the year 995 upon, upon his father's death, which ended Henry's thoughts of becoming a priest. 
He ascended to the throne of Germany in 1002, and he was crowned King of Pavia, Italy, on May 15, 1004. He married Saint Cunegunda, but was never a father. Some sources claim the two lived celibately, but there was no evidence either way. Henry's, bu- uh, Henry's brother rebelled against his power, and Henry was forced to defeat him on the battlefield, but later forgave him, and the two reconciled. Henry was crowned Holy Roman Emperor in 1014 by Pope Benedict VIII. He was the last of the Saxon dynasty of emperors, and he founded schools, quelled rebellions, protected the frontiers, worked to establish a stable peace in Europe, and to reform the church while respecting its independence. Henry fostered missions and established Bamberg, Germany as center for missions to Slavic countries. He started the construction of the cathedral at Basel, Switzerland, and it took nearly 400 years to complete. Both Henry and St. Cunegunda were prayerful, prayerful people and generous to the poor. At one point, he was cured of an unnamed illness by the touch of St. Benedict of Nursia at Monte Cassino. He became somewhat lame in his later years. Following Cunegunda's death, he considered becoming a monk. But the abbot of St. Van at Verdum, France refused his application and told him to keep his place in the world where he could do much good for people and the advancement of God's kingdom. St. Henry II died July 13, 1024 in Saxony, which is modern Germany, of natural causes. He was canonized by Pope Blessed Eugene III in 1146. St. Henry II, pray for us. Praise to you, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done, since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you go down to the netherworld? For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. That's V-E-R-B-U-M. Verboom.com. I'm using this tool, and it really is amazing. I put a little video out on, I think it was on Facebook, on the Catholic Drive Time side, showing how I use the tool to dive deep into the the early church fathers. Good, some great commentaries. Um, Adrian, who's out, obviously he's sick. Uh, I'm at home sick. And uh, Adrian likes to use uh, Cornelius Alapide's commentary, which is also available on the tool so it's really really good and here's some of the early fathers um, that uh, have commented on this passage Rabanus uh, which is uh, I think a ninth century uh, priest in uh, 
in France. He said, uh, Corzim, which is interpreted as my mystery. That's the name of the town. Like it's, it's meaning of its name is my mystery. In Bethsaida, its meaning is the house of fruits or the house of hunters. I found that very fascinating. But Rabanus goes on to say, he says, uh, our towns of Galilee situated on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. The Lord, therefore, mourns for towns which once had the mystery of God and which ought to have brought forth the fruit of virtues into which spiritual hunters had been sent. I love that. I thought that was very fascinating to look at the the uh, actual names of these towns, their actual literal meanings, and then to uh, uh, to give us uh, an interpretation. I thought that was fascinating. St. Gregory the Great said, in sackcloth is the roughness which denotes the the pricking of the conscience for sin. Ashes denotes the dust of the dead, and both are wont to be employed in penitence, that the pricking of the sackcloth may remind us of our sins, and the dust of the ash may cause us to reflect what we have become by judgment. So, uh, we we miss a great opportunity if we do not recognize Christ in our in uh, in our presence, who has wrought so many miracles in our life, and we have not come to repentance. We have not done penance. We have not uh, conformed our life to His. And the last uh, previous uh, day and last week, we looked at. Uh, how much the Lord has called us or asked us to give everything over to him. And uh, this gospel passage today reminds us of that. So thank you, Verbum.com, for letting us dive in. The phone number, if you want to play the game, is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. Be right back. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes, we Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com I got Joe on. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anyone what I'm about to tell you. Let's just keep this between us. But there are a few things we like to do during the Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and we always learn something we did not know before. Praise be to God for that. And then, of course, we like to have fun. And our contestants, the people who call in to be a part of the program, well, they tend to be uh, fun and laugh along with us, and we enjoy that a lot. So praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're brand new here and you're not sure what is going on, well, let me just explain to you very quickly. This is a trivia game show. We have three Catholic trivia questions. Uh, however, we do not ask the caller these questions. So they they don't even need to know the answers to still win the game. They could win without knowing any of this. Praise be to God. That makes it fun too. Uh, but here's the deal. Instead of asking the caller, I will ask Janelle and I will ask David and one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more? Do they trust uh, Janelle or David? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? You could win a rosary. Uh, Actually, two from Humble Heart Rosaries. One is called the Hosanna Rosary, and the second is a string of St. Therese's sacrifice beads. Humble Heart's Rosary is owned and operated by Melissa, a Catholic convert, wife, and mother. She specializes in making gemstone rosaries, chaplets, and Catholic jewelry. She handmakes all the products at home while homeschooling her kids, and a portion of every sale is donated to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. You can purchase on her Etsy shop at um, Etsy forward slash shop at forward slash uh, humble heart rosaries and you can follow on instagram at humble heart rosaries thank you humble heart rosaries for sponsoring this um, week's game show all right praise be to god humble heart rosaries on etsy we're very grateful to you all right praise be to god it is time to go to the phone so thank you everybody who tried to call in today you can always try again tomorrow praise be to god there's a new opportunity don't forget that phone number is listed right on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt but let's go to anthony good morning to you thanks for being a part of our program thank you good morning good morning anthony where are you calling from I'm calling from Ennis, Texas right now. Ennis, Texas. That is the home of one of the largest Buckies on planet Earth. Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> We're actually just passing the Buckies right now. Praise be to God. Praise I, be to God. I used to live in Ennis, Joe. I used to live there. So uh, great town. Great town. <laughs> it didn't always have a Buckies, but it does now. <laughs> Uh, fascinating fact, by the way, did you know there is a Bucky's 10 minutes from EWTN in Irondale, Alabama now? Uh, Bucky's has gone pretty much international. Wow. <laughs> That's not why Anthony's calling, though. Anthony, where do you go to church? <laughs> Modern day in Irving. Wonderful. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, I go to the FSSP parish in the Houston area. So it's uh, good to have you on board today, Anthony. Now, have you been listening to the show? Do you know how the game is played? Yes, sir. All right. So you know uh, Janelle. Well, I was going to say Adrian, but 
Adrian, who's the straw poll, says Adrian's the trickiest, but he's out sick today. So David may be a complete pushover. We don't know. We'll have to find out. Uh, but Janelle, she's still pretty tricky, so you got to listen carefully. Let's, uh, let's start. We'll go to Janelle as is our custom. Janelle, are you ready? I, I think so. I think I'm ready. Are you sure? Uh, I think so. Are you sure? Yes. Janelle, can you tell me? What does the acronym... B V M stand for. B V M. B V M. Oh, what does well, that stand for? That stands for beans, vegetables, and meat. Really? Wow! Yes. Wow! <laughs> huh? So wow. in there somewhere is a religious connection. I'm yes. guessing. Yes. Beans, vegetables, and meat. We'll find mm. out. We'll find out. Let's see. Let's go to David. David, can you tell me? What does the acronym BVM stand for? Blessed Virgin Mary. Come on. Blessed Virgin <laughs> Mary. Come on. We, come on. Mm. Uh, all right. So let me, uh, let me summarize this for Anthony here. So, Anthony, uh, David is on the hook for the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, Miss Janelle is on the hook for beans, vegetables, and meat. Oddly enough. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anthony, what say you? I'll go with David. Survey says, duh, I don't have my dub button at home, but duh, beans, vegetables, and meat. Janelle, you couldn't come up with anything better? Well, I came up with be very mad as well and bad vegan magnet, but that's just a random <laughs> string of words. Bad, what did you Bad, bad vegan, vegan magnet. What is a bad ve- vegan magnet? I don't know. Like, I feel like vegans are angry all the time and they just attack people randomly. And so if you're a bad vegan uh-huh. magnet, you just get attacked constantly by vegans. I, I see. Oh, okay. Anthony, Nothing against he, this was too easy for you, right? Yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah, you, definitely. You, you knew that one. Let's see if we can't uh, step this thing up a little bit. Are you ready to go, Anthony? Yes, sir. The good news is you're in the cup. Praise be to God. You could still win. Let's go to David this time. David, can you tell me what is the term for a cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things? When we clean things in a very specific way with water out of a reverence, we can clean people. We can clean things. What do we call that? I'm going to call or say faithful holy flush. Faithful holy flush. <clears throat> Sorry, I have morning allergies here. Okay. Um, uh, okay. You, you got the so, holy part, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I you wrote that, that down. Okay. So faithful holy flush. I'm sure that's like in the Baltimore Catechism or something. Somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, Somewhere. Let's go to uh, Janelle. Um, see if she can make up for last time. Janelle, <laughs> can you tell me? What is the term for a cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things? Oh. What do we call that? The term for a cleansing with water out of reverence used for both people and things is, I believe, called a ablution. 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 Gesundheit. <laughs> oh, no, that was your answer. That okay. was my answer. Ablution. Uh, ablution. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Janelle is on the hook for ablution and David is on the hook for the faithful holy flush emphasis on holy um, yeah I, I tried yes. to the, the holy flush 
So 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janelle or David? Anthony, what say you? I'm going to go with Janelle. Survey says you're batting a thousand here. Um, of course, they're, they're not making this hard for you, I think. They're, <laughs> they're pretty softball questions, but you're swinging away and you're hitting, you're connecting there. So you're in the coffee cup of, of Divine Providence twice there. Anthony, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. Yeah, praise <laughs> be to God. I got to say, this last one doesn't look all that hard to this has got to be all easy question Tuesday, Anthony. You called in the right day. There's no hard questions, but let's just see how it goes. See if we can't get you in three times, triple your chances. We'll go back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me, how was St. John the Baptist martyred? St. John the Baptist? Yes. He was martyred by drowning. The king, was he? Yes, the king was mad at him. Uh, uh-huh. For preaching uh, the gospel and spreading uh, yeah. the coming of the Christ, and he had really? him drowned in the Jordan River. Wow. Yes. That's brutal. Yeah, very brutal. Um, okay, okay. Let's just uh, check in with David, see what he says, though. Always good to get a second opinion on things. David, can you tell me, how was St. John the Baptist martyred? He was beheaded, John. Uh, Joe. He was beheaded. John hmm. St. John the Baptist was beheaded. Was he? Yes. Okay, okay. Let's see here. Uh, David is on the hook for beheading, and Janelle is on the hook for drowning. Both are very macabre and dark and dreary, but 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anthony, what say you? I'm going to go with David. David. Survey says... Congratulations. I I need a duh button. Duh! Duh! All easy questions today, right, Anthony? Yeah, pretty easy question. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God. But you're in the coffee cup three times. You could possibly win the uh, the prize this week. Uh, God is so very good. Thanks for being on our uh, our game show today. But uh, if you had to choose, drowning or beheading, which would you choose, Anthony? Uh, beheading. <laughs> it's quicker, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Now, how long have you been at uh, Modern Day? For about a year. Oh, praise God. Our good friend and colleague, Doug Pearson, was a member of that parish prior to his uh, uh, succumbing to cancer several years back. So we had a beautiful funeral mass there for him. Um, Beautiful uh, community up there. Thank you, uh, Anthony, for calling in and being a part of our show today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to put you on hold then, Anthony, so that you information in case it be God's will that your name comes out of the coffee cup of divine providence on Friday. You'll have to tune back in for that, but that is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. We have survived it. Praise be to God, considering all the moving parts and having to do this remotely because, uh, because I'm sick. Uh, God is so very good. We had a fun show today. Thank you all for being a part of it. If you want to hang out in the after show, we'll conversate for the next half hour. Please join us on one of the social streams which is facebook youtube i'm not sure we're on twitter today but we are live streaming to our website and if you don't want to be on social media you can just go right there that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt god love you god bless you if we don't see you in the after show we'll see you back here 6 a.m central 7 eastern thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired 
Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Okay. All right. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. Um, we have survived it by the grace of God. Uh, not an easy, not an easy thing to do. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Sorry we didn't do a show after show yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday was, yesterday was a lot harder. Today, technically speaking, um. Yesterday was a mess. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm glad yesterday's over. <laughs> Today was way better from the technical standpoint, but uh, David, you have to agree. Now that you've done this twice, <laughs> the amount of spinning plates, the simultaneous spinning plates is pretty insane. It is insane. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Joe, when I come into the office at about uh, 7.30 and 8, and uh, when you guys are finishing, now I understand exactly how y'all feel uh, Juggling all those plates for two hours, uh, I can. It's exhausting. I, I can see. Uh, I can see on your face uh, just the uh, you know the enthusiasm, but also you know like, whoo, man, that was a good show. Yeah. But man, I need a, a quick break. And uh, so yeah. I, I applaud the uh, team uh, for doing this every day. You guys are amazing. Yeah, praise be to God. Um, well, we haven't heard from Adrian today, so we don't know how Adrian's doing. We'll have to get an update from Adrian, hopefully today, and then we can let you know what his status is tomorrow. Um, we should do an Adrian, you know, checkup. Where is Adrian? You yeah, know, where, where is in the it? world is Adrian? Where is Adrian? How's yeah. Adrian doing? Yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll need to get an update from him, and uh, we'll let everybody in the world know uh, how he's yeah. doing. Oh, wow. I am... Uh, I, I, so here's the deal. Um, if generally speaking, if you're new to us and new into the after show, we talk a lot more casually about whatever it is you want to talk about. You're welcome to leave comments and we'll do our best to conversate about all of that. Um, and we generally recognize our brand new commenters, um, but it'll have to be David with the, the buttons. I don't have access to the buttons remotely. So uh, generally, we play an alleluia sounder for all of our brand new commenters. So if you are new here and you want to let us know you're hanging out with us today, please let us know and we'll, we'll try to recognize you. Praise be to God. Uh, there's been a bunch of people here. I had a difficult time today managing all of the various windows and screens. So I didn't follow the comments very much during the show. In fact, I, when I was talking to Kay Capato, like my screen, like I, I to the left of me, I have a giant screen and I have some certain windows I had up and running over there so I can kind of keep a track of the comments. Then out of nowhere, it started to blank and crash on me. So while she's talking, I'm trying to save my monitor. <laughs> And keep the conversation going, and boy, that was a trick and a half. So, are you saying uh, your equipment is sick as well? Something's not right. It's something did not like something. That's for sure. Okay, okay, I, I, understand. I understand. Yeah. So anyway, Patty uh, was hanging out with us in the first hour. She always does. Praise be to God. Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Michelle Vaughn, good morning to you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Elizabeth, good morning to you. 
Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Let's see who else is here on the, I'm looking at Facebook right now. Did I say Bruce Toman? Good morning, buddy Kanan. Good morning. Uh, Valerie, good morning to you. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Lori, good morning. Don, uh, it's good to see you guys. Uh, Luz, good morning. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Joaquin, good morning. Glenn, praise be to God. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. I wonder, Glenn, did you stop by the Bucky's near uh, EWTN in Irondale? I mean, I feel like you have a moral obligation to do so if you're going to be <laughs> near a Bucky's that's not in Texas. Um, uh, let's see who else is here. Nicola, good morning. Praise be to God. Hey, Seuss. Buenos dias, my friend. I know he's Jesus is like you need better statuary. I I, I agree. <laughs> Can you lend me uh, some of the beautiful statues that you have in your arsenal for my home studio too? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yes, um, yes. I do. It, he lent me for my birthday a relic of Saint uh, Vincent Ferrer. Wow, which I still have um, because I haven't met up with him again. So I should bring Saint Vincent Ferrer up here to my studio. Um, praise be to God. Good morning to you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Over on the YouTube side of things, uh, St. Teresa of Avila is hanging out at her house today. Jeff, good morning to you, uh, Anna. Uh, Jeff Burrier, good morning. Praise be to Jesus. What happened to the phone lines yesterday? I'll, let me, I'll explain that in a minute. Mr. Thomas Anderson, good morning to you. Um, 93 from Canada. Good morning to you, my friend. It's good to hang out with you again today. Um, who else is on here for Tammy? Good morning. Praise be to God. Monica Cortez. Good morning to you, Susan and uh, Clarissa and Amy Bridwell. Is Amy? I think Amy Bridwell is a first time commenter. Good to see you, Amy. Praise be to Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. I agree. I agree. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thanks for commenting this morning, Amy. It's good to see you. Uh, Christopher Velasquez, good morning. Praise God. And Eric Rodriguez, good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, very, uh, very nice to have you guys here today. Uh, have I read all the books in the room? That's a good question. No, I have not read all these books. I've, I've poked through every single one of these books, but I have not read them. I love books. There's a lot more books that you can't see here that I have uh, down below and, and other places. I keep books all over the, the house. I love books. Um, I wish I could read all these books. Unfortunately, I cannot. Um, time, attention, all of that. Do not allow. Glenn says he did not know about the Bucky's right, right down the street from EWTN. <laughs> that feels like a tragedy, Glenn. I, you're going to have to make the road trip all over again just to make up for that, I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Valerie says, hope you guys start feeling better soon. Uh, I do too. Last night was very difficult for me. So um, I got, I started getting sick on Saturday. I, what's his name? Um, Adrian came in on Friday. He was not feeling well. He tried to leave right after. We, he kind of kept distance from everybody. But uh, whatever he brought, he gave to me. So I could feel it coming on Saturday. On Sunday, I, I had a rough day Sunday. Um, I was in bed pretty much all day on Sunday. Didn't get to go to Holy Mass, unfortunately. Um, but I was able to try to do the show Monday. Adrian could not do the show, so that's when David volunteered to get up early and hang out with us and try to make it work. But yesterday was so hard. The, uh, the technical issues yesterday were just rough. So uh, today, I think we improved some things. I mean, generally speaking, 
not bad. Not bad. We solved uh, we solved a, a problem too, Joe. I think uh, so. We we got that under under control now. What what what? Well, uh, being able guest, to take ta- being muted. Uh, take <laughs> well that too, but taking the guests now that uh, on the phone uh, for Catholic trivia. So uh, that yeah, was a good solution you came up with. Well, it's workable. The only downside to that solution is I could still hear the myself so it's a, a bit of a reverb that i have to tune out but otherwise it works so jeff burr was asking why not callers yesterday well the reason why is because we didn't have a workable solution because when i'm like right now i'm connected to the studio via zoom and when i'm connected via zoom i can't hear the phone calls that come into the studio because these two systems don't talk to each other um and okay truth in advertising if we wanted them to talk to each other, it'd be about a $14,000 fix. So to save 14 grand, <laughs> what I did today was I simply called on my cell phone and put uh, an earbud in my ear and uh, listened to the phone call through my cell phone so that I could have a conversation with Anthony. It was cool having Anthony, Anthony on. I have to say, though, because it's a little tricky – um, that, that method, uh, does work, but at the same time, still a little tricky. It's hard to really have a meaningful conversation with somebody that way, but we got it done. We got it done. Glenn says, uh, they did encounter many restrooms along the way, but most of them were not up to Bucky's standards. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a terrible bathroom on a, on a, on a uh, bathroom <laughs> stop on a road trip, isn't it? All right. Oof. All right. All right. And truck stops are depressing places sometimes. Right. Um, and last night, so last night, let me tell you about last night. I did not sleep last night at all. I tried. I tried. But um, I'm suffering through major uh, like achiness kind of thing. So all the way down my back and into my legs. And any pressure, and like right now, I'm, I'm dying. My, like my I'm in, I'm in some discomfort at the moment, but like when I try to lay down any pressure on my, on my, my legs uh, whatsoever causes extreme discomfort. So there was no possibility of getting a comfortable position. So essentially I never slept last night, which was really hard, really hard. Uh, all for the glory of God. Yes. Yay. And amen. Now, if I don't get any sleep today, I may look for a guest host for tomorrow. <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, it'll all work out in the end, though. Praise be to Jesus. Now, tomorrow, tomorrow we're supposed to have Kevin Wells on, I think. Right? I do believe so. Now, what's Kevin on? Do we know? Mm, just a sec. Just a sec. Um... I'm not sure what Kevin... Um, Priest and beggar, the heroic life of Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Okay. He's going to, yeah, he, Kevin Wells is going to talk about the Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. That'll be fascinating. Also tomorrow, we're supposed to interview Matt Walsh. That's going to be a pre-record. So we'll be playing that sometime down the road. We'll also provide that to our CDT insiders first, and they'll have the whole interview before we play a portion of it on the radio show. So CDT insiders are people who are on our email list and which you can join our email list uh, via our website, by the way. Truck stops are better than a gas station. Nothing beats Bucky's. Well, yeah, nothing beats Bucky's. That's for sure. 
Nothing beats a Bucky's. Boy, have you guys ever heard of of uh, Miss Capato and her artwork? No, I did not. Did you get to see her artwork? Did you ever go to her website? I um, I sent the website on uh, the link as a link on the uh, on the chats on the live video yeah. and stream chats, um, and a lot of people have looked at them and they said that they were like amazed at her like talent in art. It's it's, it's truly it's yeah, it's a gift. Yes, um, very realistic. Yeah, like uh, just the and I think I heard her say she's also a photographer. She does a lot of wedding photography as well. And um, she, because of her photography skills, she she incorporates like things that she notices as a photographer into her her artwork. Mm-hmm. So mannerisms, looks in the eye, you know that kind of thing. Yes. And I think also it helps as she said she uses uh, models, so that probably helps too. Yes, on her um, Instagram, she posts pictures of her dressing up her husband as Jesus um, to be her <laughs> model. I think I thought it was pretty funny. Um, is very cute as well. Um, and then uh, she has, yes, her art's very good. She certainly has an eye for beauty, um, I think. And, um, oh, we have a couple more people um, that popped into the group chat. We have Sienna. Good morning. And Mr. Morning. Thomas Anderson um, had a, a comment. He says, we could play one of Adrian's videos like last time. The Four Levels of Hell was very good. Yeah, yeah amen. that would be an option, definitely. Yes, for sure. Um, Justina, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Myra, good morning to you. Thanks for praying. I appreciate it. I really need some sleep today. I really have got to get some sleep. Last night was just really rough for me. Um, so, Joe, I see some art in your little yeah. your office there. Uh, can you? Well, yeah. the uh, The image on on behind me up there is an image my daughter painted for me of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm. So my daughter's going to be. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That right there is a, a, a portrait of Our Lady. Mm. I have a crucifix back there as well. Uh, that flag belongs to my father in law when he passed, and then that radio belonged to my grandmother. When I was a kid, a little boy, that uh, I used to play with that radio a lot. You know, um, these Catholic artists that we have out there are very talented. And uh, so I notice, you know, when we go to uh, Catholic conferences and stuff of that nature, they're they're out there uh, with their works. And, uh, you know, I, I just encourage everybody, uh, you know, to pick up a piece of art and start your own little collection uh, for your home. I think it's very important uh to um you know kind of create that domestic church uh bring that beauty into your home uh when you have family and friends come over help let them see uh you know what you believe in and what you uh see as uh beautiful and uh i think is very important also you know those are things that you can hand down uh to your kids uh we were talking about the the grandparents how important they are and you yeah. know, and art kind of just brings all this into a full circle of of um, how important it is in our lives. Hey, uh, we're getting a notice that the live feed is crashing. Um, go look over at the OBS computer and just make sure there's a little green light there. Yep, it's on now. Okay, so I don't know, maybe there was an internet blip or something along those lines, but hopefully everything's back. You know, um, one of the things that um, I think it was Marilyn said that they transformed their house into 
you know, domestic church. That's something I, uh, when I gave a talk at her parish a couple weeks ago, I, I quoted Second Vatican Council that talks about making the home a domestic church. Something we have done as a couple, as a family, kicked out the television. You know, we started to decorate our home uh, like a domestic church. And that's very important. So one of the things we've done is uh, we built a chapel. Uh, so we have a big mural of the crucifix. We have a family altar. We, my wife made uh, linens for that family altar, and she made them with various colors so they match the, the liturgy calendar. We have um, icons of all of our patron saints mm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, relics. You know, we have a small, very small collection of relics, and uh, and now we've added a new one. We have a uh, a new mural on uh, upstairs of the Holy Family. Some I don't have a picture of it, or I'd show it to you, but it's it's huge. We're talking; these are big murals. So this is one thing about uh, about Kate Capato that I was going to bring up. We're ran out of time. I have been blessed to be in some pretty high-end fancy homes on on occasion in the past. Not, not that I lived there, but other people who lived there invited me into their homes. And there's a couple of homes that just really stand out to me where these people took these mansions and and paid probably top dollar to have incredibly high-end, beautiful Catholic imagery painted on the walls. And I mean... Uh, where I film, and one of the locations where I filmed part of my documentary, "The Other Side of Fear," uh, the location where I interviewed uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, that was in a private chapel in the backyard of one of these homes. In the main living room of that home, uh, when you, if you walked into the living room and you look straight up, there is a painting of the coronation of Our Lady as Queen of Heaven and Earth that probably measures somewhere along the lines of 20 feet wide by, you know, 10, 12 feet tall, something like that, maybe even a little bigger. And you have to and look, it's, you look up to see you it. Ha- I know. I, I, you, when you see it for the first time, you literally want to lay down just so that you can look up. <laughs> oh, wow. It's so majestic. And then they have giant angels pa- uh, painted you know, in other parts of their, I mean, it's just utterly insane how beautiful and amazing it is. Wow. If, if I had the cash, um, if I, you know, if I had David Magianus or Janelle Lay kind of money <laughs> li- lying around, I, I would hire a, a Kate Capato and I would, and I would definitely paint those kinds of murals all over the walls of my home because you want to be surrounded by inspiring beauty. Right. Yes. You I want to prioritize. Cover the uh, walls and um, cover the walls. Yeah. Man. The the ceiling like um, yeah. uh, Peter Saint Peter Basilica style. Oh, oh, I would totally love that. Could you imagine? Wow. Yeah. That's... Now the murals that we used, they are essentially, um, we went through magic murals, and we um, we we they're like sixty three inches tall by forty three inches wide. And one's of a crucifix, and then the other one, as I said, is the Holy Family. And they are stickers. I mean, they're giant, printed on 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 uh, vinyl, but they look they look like paintings. And then I I made uh, um, a frame. I went and made a frame that we put on top of it, so it looks like it's a, a high end uh, painting when it's really just a giant <laughs> print on vinyl stuck to the wall. 
Mm. It's actually a very affordable way to to create and have beautiful artwork in your home for less than two hundred dollars. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming up at the past fifty minute past the hour. Um, is this break or is this no? So we'll, we'll you know we'll stay on for a few more minutes, then we'll say goodbye. Okay, for today. Um, so I'm just going through some of the comments and and looking at uh, what people are chatting about. So today, yeah, a lot of people are asking like, what are you sick from? Well, I don't want to speak on behalf of Adrian. I think Adrian ought to speak for himself, what he was sick sick with. And I've not been tested. Um, so I can't say what I was sick with, but I can tell you it was no fun being sick with it. <laughs> All right. Saturday, oh, I could feel it coming. Saturday, I was like worn out. Ah, I was so zapped on Saturday. And uh, and then Sunday was bedridden. You know, my head felt like a brick. Achiness coming on, small fever. Um, so a lot of those. And now my biggest symptom is the achiness is really bad to the point where the slight pressure on my legs creates extreme discomfort making it impossible for me to get settled and to relax and to be able to sleep. So I've not slept well in the last two days. Um, I don't know what the current status is of Adrian because uh, we've not talked to Adrian. So hopefully we'll hear from Adrian today and hopefully he's, uh, he's, he's 20, what, 22 or something. So good grief. He should be, oh, he should be perfectly healthy by now. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I'm old and uh, recovering. So, <laughs> young and recovering should be faster. Don't you agree, David? I agree. So I got to say, it's nice having someone my vintage uh, to back me up on things. Oh, it's not this way all the time? Mm-mm, no, oh, definitely okay. not this way all the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, I, I do bring a little bit more experience uh, to the studio <laughs> in terms of uh, living. Not, not actually uh, studio experience, but... Uh, we are same vintage, that is for sure. <laughs> uh, well, praise be to Jesus. Um, yep, yep. So, all right, what else? I'm just going through some comments here. Uh, yeah, Janelle, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. Every time I'm a little more, I guess, um, more on alert now. Now that yeah. um, two out of three of the CDT team is down, um, right. and so I'm, I'm trying to watch my health. I'm trying to. Be I guess uh practice, incorporate more healthy habits. Um, uh, although um yes, uh, I think I'm doing pretty well. Um, and I hope I stay very well. I've been praying very hard that um the Lord allows me to stay healthy uh <laughs> for as long as possible. Um, and uh yes, I've been keeping you two in my prayers a lot too. I Thanks. hope you guys have a speedy recovery. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful that uh, we have um, Mr. David Magianis on with us to help us out. It's been a tremendous help uh, this um, for th- for this entire week, I believe. Um, and yes, many things to be uh, grateful about. Um, despite all the the struggles, there's a tremendous graces abounding. Um, <laughs> so. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Yes. It's not easy. It's not easy pulling all this together. No, nope. it is. Uh, yes. It's a tricky piece of business. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Bruce Toman uh, hopes you can get some. Eric rest says too. he's our vintage. He's forty-one. <laughs> oh, I wish I was forty-one. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I remember forty-one like yesterday. It was so good to be forty-one. 
Uh, drink plenty of chicken soup. Yes. Oh, yes. Chicken soup. Uh, what is in chicken soup that it somehow heals you? I have no idea. It's have, chicken. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fine. Praise yes. be to God. Uh, God's will be done in all things. Uh, I need some rest. That's what I need most. When I get, when my, someone in my family gets sick, my mom always puts uh, holy water and exercised oil and um, (laughs) salt in the food. Um, And like, she has like this whole, she has this whole like shebang uh, of like special ingredients and foods. She like pumps into us and then we get better. (laughs) I like that. I love that. That is cool, (laughs) Janelle. That is cool. Yes, my mom uh, is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yeah, my wife's the same way. She does the same thing. Exercise, salt, and everything. I've got a jug of uh, epiphany water next to the bed, too. That's great. So there's special blessings on the, uh, the water that day. So that, that helps as well. But then she, she cranks me full of vitamin C and zinc and, and uh, melatonin. All that and, jazz. And B3 and, I mean, like 24-7. I think she's trying to torture me is what I think she's trying to do. <laughs> I got vitamin C coming out the ears, but that's okay. Um, well, praise be to God. I think that's going to, we're going to wrap it up here uh, just because of how exhausted I am. I just noticed in one of these images of, uh, of Kay Capato, there's a little hummingbird sitting next to Jesus on it when he's, Jesus sitting on his throne, sort of uh, gesturing to his sacred heart. And there's a little hummingbird next to him. Mm. <laughs> like, I wonder what the hummingbird is about. <laughs> I, I should have asked. But I didn't notice it before. The little hummingbird. Oh, in the background, there's a lion and a lamb. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. We'll have to get her back on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Praise God. All right, guys. God bless you all. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We're very grateful. Um, we'll keep you in our prayers, and we know that you're praying for us too. And thank you all. I wish I had more energy. I just don't. I'm, I'm totally exhausted right now. So I'm trying to, I'm going to hopefully prayerfully get some rest here in a moment and we'll check in with adrian and see if we can have an update for you tomorrow on his status but that is going to do it for catholic drive time today again we'll see you back here tomorrow with kevin wells hopefully i'll get some rest and i'll be on the show if not i might find someone to be on the show on my on my behalf but uh, we're also supposed to interview matt walsh tomorrow roy showman is on for thursday he's been on a few times And then we'll play a little bit of the Michael Knowles interview on Friday, which if you're a CDT insider, you would have already heard because we sent it to you. The Boinkin interview is going to be sent this week, I think, to the CDT insiders since I didn't share that with you last week. All right, guys. uh, God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow for more Catholic Drive Time. Till then. All right, I stopped streaming. So the issue with tomorrow, the other problem we have is with Matt Walsh, which I've been trying to coordinate that for a very long time. That is supposed to happen at 11.30, I think. Hold on, I'm trying to get there. Um. 11.15, 
So, David, I would need your help at 11.15 tomorrow to record that conversation. Are you available? Uh, yeah, I mean. So you'll have to talk to Tim. Oh, wait a minute. Tim. Wait a minute. Um, tomorrow, uh, he has his Fishers of Men committee people coming in tomorrow for a meeting. What time? What time? Let me check. Um, I think it's at 11.30. Um, he, he kicks I us. To, he kick, I hate to reschedule. I've been trying for a very long time to get that done. Well, basically, uh, he's concerned that I'm still contaminated. Uh, so, you know, I can just shut the doors to the studio and just turn it on and just hang out in here till you're done and then I'll leave. Yeah. Without encountering, encountering anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I wish it was easier, but we have to find a way to keep the show rolling. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, Joe, when guests are coming into Zoom, I admit them. Um, I can. Uh, the thing about the one thing though is I really don't like guests that are coming on for the next segment to get on too early. Right. I know, and that's what happened. That's what happened? I asked them to um, join later, like five minutes before their time, and they came in earlier. Um, the opposite of Kate Capato, well, who came. We don't have to husband. let them in. Yes. Oh, I don't have to. No, I mean, oh. so they can request to join, but you don't need to let them in until it's time. Oh. Um, okay, and then that solves so, that problem. That would be helpful. Yeah, because it's distracting, right, uh, to to sit there and, and see them moving around, and then they're talking, and her husband's got no shirt on. <laughs> Awkward. Get dressed, man. Get Awkward. Like, <laughs> Has that ever happened before? Probably. The shirtless dude? No, thankfully. Okay. That was the Thank first goodness. time. It probably could, though. 